When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Oh man, it is a Friday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. It's a football Friday and uh, get a lot of comments throughout. People love your woo, man. The woo gets people going on a Friday into the weekend. People are sad because it's the final football weekend of the Sam, year. Yep. But uh, it does. It's a pick me up. It is, man. It's uh, feeling a little bit down. Just give yourself a woo. Man, warn your wife first. So don't do that in the morning. Yeah, don't scare her. Don't scare her because uh, she would not like that. But uh, yeah, man, a little Ric Flair woo, woo. It's a little something. <laughs> that that one was it. sharp, right in my ear. Oh, oh, sorry good. about that. Yeah, that's good. Bad. That's good. No, no, I liked it. I didn't, yeah, it gets me <laughs> going. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stayed up watching the NFL honors last night. I needed the woo. I oh, also man. got several messages this morning of folks who watched the uh, the documentary, the the, the greatest oh, night in pop. So yeah. people were loving that. So appreciate everybody um, uh, weighing in. So uh, a lot going on. We'll hear from Emmett Smith coming up. We've got a lot to talk about as far as football goes, Longhorn stuff as well. Rod's got a rant coming up, and uh, we'll get to Bullish or BS. But, yeah, it's, Kyle Sh- it's the Kyle Shanahorns. Shanahorns, a lot of Longhorns rooting for uh, the 49ers. Oh, I guess some of y'all are Cowboys fans. Y'all never root for the 49ers. Yeah, though. they don't want to see that number. Yeah, Super Bowl yeah, yeah. For the so, Niners, you so know. some of y'all, not a lot of y'all, but there are some Longhorn fans that are going to be 49ers fans this weekend. Well, you that. know, the, the for, for Cowboys and 49ers fans, I mean, the Niners have been in this Super Bowl, but the, the Cowboys have won a Super Bowl more recently than the Niners have. That's a great point. The Cowboys won one in 95. The, the Niners have won one since 94. But at least the 49ers have been back. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that's – and they've done it, and they've done it in, in different – almost with different reinventions yes. of the 49ers, right? Yeah, they had the Jim Harbaugh year. Yeah, they, exactly. Now they got Cannon Kyle Shanahan yeah, into so their I, second. So at least they have more hope than Cowboys fans do. Yeah, but they haven't won it. You're right. Cowboys, won. Cowboys have bragging rights as far as a, right. as a, as a Lombardi trophy. No, I mean, Shanahan you know, 0-2 in his Super Bowls. And it's I mean, fair to say we've all one. agreed Kyle Shanahan has, as far as pressure goes, pressure yeah. to win one, bring it's one, is probably highest on Kyle Shanahan. Because um, honestly, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I, I assume he'd won one by now. I really would have. I, just knowing the prodigy that he was as a coach, and, I mean, the guy was the youngest head coach. I mean, think about it. Sean McVay, his very good friend, has surpassed him. I can assure you he's not happy about that. I mean, think about it. They, both these guys are prodigies, and Sean McVay won his Super Bowl before Shano did? Yeah. Trust me, it bothers him. It bothers he's, him. He's a prideful guy. That kind of stuff bothers because him. Because they were all on that staff in Washington together. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that kind of stuff eats away at him, and I agree with you. There's no doubt. As a, as a personal friend of him, I can tell you, it's a lot of pressure on him. There's a well, lot and, of pressure on him. It's not even outside pressure. It's his own pressure. It's his own pressure. It's he's, own. he's his own worst he critic. He's his own biggest critic. No question. It's so funny because uh, yeah. we played some audio this week. For, I know you just played the Steve Young cut that you played. We're talking about the Longhorn, about, about the offense and the compressed sets and the motions. Um, Steve Young did, must must view podcast as when, uh, Tom Brady's podcast uh-huh. where he interviewed Steve Young oh, this week. Oh, yeah. 
Gosh, it's so good. I mean, it really is. So much meat in there. Oh, man, it's two really super, super smart quarterbacks talking quarterback play. And he was talking about how when he played, the last time the Niners won the Super Bowl was 94, and they beat the Chargers, beat the daylights oh, out of the Chargers. Whipped the Chargers. And, it, and his offensive coordinator of that game was Mike Shanahan. Oh, Charles. man, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Steve Young told the story. He said uh, during the week, Mike Shanahan said, we're throwing eight touchdowns against these guys. Because he said Mike was Look like, at the defense. Like, yeah, we're, gonna... like, we're throwing eight touchdowns. <laughs> and he ended up throwing six. That's amazing. Four in the first half. That's amazing. And and they took him out of the game with six touchdowns. And, and Shanahan got on the phone with Steve Young from the sides. And he says, what are you doing? Get back in there. Yeah, we got eight. two more to get. we got two more to get. Uh, wow. And he, he was just telling the story how damn competitive Mike Shanahan was. Like, he was like. And how is that guy not in the Hall of Fame yet? We talking about Hall of exactly Fame? That's exactly right. What the hell's going on? Well, Mike Shanahan should get into. What is going on? I, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, what's, what's the uh, well, deal with Well, Jimmy that? Johnson got in finally. Yeah, you're right. I guess they just And now it's time for Mike Shanahan to get in. Maybe they just backlogged or something. Uh, it is time for Mike Shanahan to get in. Uh, and, and not just for what he did, one back-to-back Super Bowls. Oh, man. But his prodigy son and now the, the entire McShanahan offense is kind of based it's, around yeah. Mike Shanahan. And the influence of what he's had on the league now, I mean, come on. That's a no, you would think that will actually bring up his candidacy even more. That's taken over, but it hasn't really. It's so well, weird. and, and I, I, listening to Steve Young, you can just hear, and I know you know Kyle very well. The, the competitiveness of the of the Shanahan. So just the, yeah. Oh, yeah. the like they want they don't want to just beat you; they want to kill you. Yeah, no, they, I'm telling you, it's when I said it's it's bothering him, man, right now that he hadn't won one because he. I, I thought, I mean, he's been a coordinator for one, been in. This will be his, he's zero and two. So he'll have pressure. You know, who also has pressure before we get to our headlines. Tony Romo has pressure in this. Really. Game. I think, well, just because there's going to be 150 some million people watching, and there's been the mixed reviews for Tony Romo, I think Tony Romo has to have a good performance. Interesting. Okay. Because now that it's been talked about so much, and there's been talked mm. that the CBS executives have pulled him aside, and they've been talking to him. Yeah, yeah. He's got pressure to not do something dumb in this game because <laughs> it's going to be such a microscope. It's the most watched event. Maybe that's a great point. I think Tony Romo's dealing with a little. Yeah. I got to bring it. I got to bring it strong. Well, just because he started out so gangbusters. Yeah. Like everybody loved his kind of fresh take on, you know, on being a color guy initially because he would give you, he would give you such great insight and almost, you know, he was predicting plays at times and he was giving great, I think, give you great detail about, plays and why they were structured giving you the whys but i think he got a little too relaxed yeah a little relaxed he got a little too relaxed and he wasn't doing the research of some of the other guys and you could tell yeah because the other guys were giving you as a football guy they were giving you nuggets greg olson greg olson oh man he yeah he's great now you got tom brady coming in next year you know tom brady he's the most competitive guy out there. He, you don't think he wants to be the best yeah. broadcaster and also the, the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest broadcaster of all time? He wants to be on both. Yeah, he's not going to do it uh, halfway. No. Without a doubt, Tom Brady will be calling uh, on the color next year's Super Bowl. Damn. Next year's Super Bowl. That's pressure, too. All right, let's get to the headlines. Though. Top stories on your Friday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonica will bring you the top news. Yeah, NFL, top story. Super Bowl, so obviously coming up on Sunday at uh, 5.30. Last night, they had their NFL Honors broadcast. The NFL recognizing the top players, coaches, and moments of the 2023 season. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson claimed the most prestigious on-field award last night. The NFL Honors took home the MVP for the second time. Nearly unanimous, 49 of the 51st place votes. Dak Prescott finished second in that voting. 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey took the Offensive Player of the Year honors, uh, while Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett named the league's best defensive player. The, life, the uh, former Texas a 
A&M star. Houston Texans had a good night last night. They swept the Rookie of the Year category. Their young quarterback, C.J. Stroud, claims Offensive Rookie of the Year honors. Defensive end, Will Anderson, the third pick in the draft, taking one, one selection after C.J. He was named the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Houston's first-year head coach, D'Amico Ryans, came up one vote shy of winning Coach of the Year. That went to Cleveland's Kevin Stefanski. They essentially tied in total points. Browns quarterback Joe Flacco named the Comeback Player of the Year. And Pittsburgh Steelers defensive lineman Cameron Hayward capped off the night when he was named the Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's the league's highest honor, acknowledging a player for his outstanding community service off the field as well as outstanding play on it. Also last night, 2024 Hall of Fame class revealed and the seven-player class going in in 2024 in Canton includes a lifetime Longhorn and for the first time ever a Houston Texan, former Longhorn defensive tackle. Steve McMichael is Hall of Fame bound, voted in by the Veterans Committee. McMichael starred at Texas from 76 through 79, ahead of a 15-year NFL career. He was a stalwart on the dominating Chicago Bears defenses of the 80s. His wife, Misty, stood in for him last night as the 66-year-old continues his battle with ALS. Andre Johnson, the greatest offensive player in Houston Texans history, is Hall of Fame bound as well. Mike McMichael and Johnson will be inducted in early August alongside Julius Peppers, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, Devin Hester, and Randy Gratishar. NFL coaching news. According to the NFL Network's Tom Pelissero and now multiple other reports, Dallas Cowboys are expected to hire Mike Zimmer to be their new defensive coordinator in college football. According to Adam Schefter of ESPN, Michigan plans to hire former New York Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale to be their new defensive coordinator. He will replace Jesse Minter, who followed Jim Harbaugh to L.A. to be the Chargers D.C., and in baseball, Texas Rangers have avoided salary arbitration with their star outfitter Adolis Garcia. Two sides instead have agreed to a new two-year contract. I think the Cowboys made the right decision hiring Mike Zimmer instead of any of the other candidates they were looking at. Uh, the other candidates they were looking at, um, they didn't seem as current, or at least their systems may not have been as current. You didn't have a sample size you could compare to some of the modern offenses. With Zimmer, you could do that. And Zimmer was saying three years ago that he was going to be back in the NFL in 2024. Like that was his plan. So apparently this is actually according to the plan that he had that he wanted to be back in the league by 2024. So he never thought he would be out of the league for an extended period of time, um, which makes me think maybe he wanted some time away. And I think he spent his time away. If he was preparing to come back to the league, preparing (laughs) Um, and looking at some of those modern offenses and some of the uh, adjustments that he needed to make to his defense to make sure it matched up really well. So, and, and I said this before, if you're the Cowboys, you've been knocked out of the playoffs by the McShanahan coaching tree um, the last three years. So you want to make sure at least you've got a defensive coordinator that knows how to defend those offenses. They're taking over the NFL anyway. And he actually does have a lot of success versus that McShanahan coaching tree, or at least that influence of an offense. All right, coming up, we mentioned we'll hear from uh, Emmett Smith talking about the uh, the Dak Prescott issue come January. We'll also hear from um, Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson talking about Mike Zimmer. Of course, we've known, we told him, told you, Mike Zimmer was a Cowboys coach from '94 to 2006. Mm. He he so joined the Cowboys the first year of the Barry Switzer era in Dallas, and he's hung on and all the way through Bill Parcells. And uh, so Darren Woodson, who by the way should be in the Hall of Fame, he did not get voted in last night. He uh, was on Radio Road this week talking about Mike Zimmer and uh, what he'll bring to the Cowboys. So we have both of those uh, pieces of audio coming up. We'll take your thoughts on Mongo McMichael into the Hall of Fame. The uh, if you talk, if you count Tex Schramm, the sixth all-time lifetime Longhorn into the Hall of Fame now, Rod. Yep. Uh, coming up in August, sixth all-time. The first uh, CB pointed out who was the who's the the old-time defensive back? Bobby that, Dillon. Bobby Dillon, but he went in in 2020. But as far as on field, yeah, uh, Mongo's the first since Earl Campbell. In a long time. And, yeah, Mongo is the most recent Longhorn. So, uh, first in a while. 
uh, for, for the Longhorns, and rightfully so, and for the Veterans Committee. So good for Mongo. We'll hear from his wife, Misty, coming up, who stood in for him last night because you know, he obviously cannot in his battle with ALS. That was, that was pretty cool. I, I just thought, thought the NFL, man, they put whoever produced that show last night they did a real good job. They know how to put on a show. They know, they, they, there's a reason they're the best television product in America. Period. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I, I like football, but they, you know, Watching the Grammys on Sunday night, that thing lasted three and a half hours. It's a show, baby. And I know yeah. it's all about the production and the, the – the, but this one was two hours. In and oh, out. Yeah. No, the NFL – Everything, they, everything done. The games are the same way, right? I know. The NFL don't three mess around window, on Sunday. They're like, no, we got this window, boom. And once this game is over, boom, we're kicking off the other game. They That's don't right. mess around. That's right. No, That's I, right. I love that. They understand, hey, we know what these days we have we have these eyeballs for a, they just a, a set amount of time. And then, you know, after that, there's no guarantee we're going to be able to – Keep those eyeballs for that long. I will point out before we go to your first rant of the morning, uh, the Cowboys did get an award last night. They won, uh, uh, what was it, player of the year or, or moment of the year, something on field, whatever, with the uh, Dak Prescott to uh, C.D. Lamb 92-yard touchdown pass in the Detroit game. Oh, okay. That was the moment of the year, well, of whatever it was. Because C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott were both up for you know a major award, C.D. for offensive player of the year, Dak for MVP. Uh, Deron Bland and Micah Parsons were both up for defensive, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Neither one, but they did win the uh, the NFL's moment of the year, on field moment of the year. I mean, come on, yeah, and and no one was there to accept it. Oh no, Micah Parsons accepted it on behalf of because CD wasn't there and Dak wasn't there. Moment of the year. That's is that, <laughs> was that really the best moment of the year? Yeah, that was one of the the top moments of the year. Interesting. I, yeah, I did. There I was thought that had been a better play. The, than the that. three the three finals were were somewhat under, underwhelming. But remember that was Dak rolling out of the end zone and then buying time and then hits uh, C D Lamb ninety two yards later touchdown. Hey, the Cowboys are the number one TV star on the number one TV show, so you got to give them some. They did win that last night. You got to give them some. They got skunked in the rest of the awards, unfortunately, but they did take that home. Let's get to uh, Rod's first rant of a Friday. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, now let's talk about this Super Bowl matchup a little bit. Um, Let's talk about it from the... The Chiefs' um, offensive perspective versus that 49er defense a little bit. You know, one of the things that I thought would keep the Chiefs out of another Super Bowl was their wide receiving core. They've played their best football the last three weeks, and they don't even have a – I think they have zero drops in the last two weeks in the playoffs, and that was not the case, obviously, during the regular season. Um, Rasheed Rice is the the wide receiver that's really stepped up. The rest of the wide receivers, they have – I don't know. They they still pretty much maintain their average to mediocre status. But Rasheed Rice has actually started to uh, really uh, separate himself from that pack. So here are the numbers for Rasheed Rice. Um, 77% completion percentage. This is for the season and the playoffs. 77% completion percentage. Uh, the yards per attempt when targeting Rasheed Rice, 9.2 yards per attempt. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions for Patrick Mahomes, and a 2% drop rate. Um, so that that right there just shows you that he, if you look at compared to all the other wide receivers, just every other wide receiver except for Rice, 57% completion percentage, uh, 6.8 yards per attempt, and uh, touchdown interception ratio to 6 to 9. All right, six touchdowns to nine interceptions when Patrick Mahomes is targeting the other wide receivers. The drop rate drops. I'm uh, sorry, it, it, it increases to about nine percent. 
So from 2% to 9% uh, when targeting Rasheed Rice as opposed to all the other wide receivers. So if you are the 49ers, there's two guys you got to stop. You got to stop Travis Kelsey, and then you got to stop Rasheed Rice. They're doing a really good job of game of really scheming open uh, Rasheed Rice and getting him uh, wide open looks and getting him free releases as a wide receiver. That's really just a genius of Andy Reid. But he's the guy that stepped up. He's their, uh, I would say, he's their number one wide receiver right now. He's their wide receiver one. I believe he's got 20 receptions in the postseason. He's the guy, got to figure out a plan for him if you're the 49ers. Um, something else to look at here if you're talking about, you know, the, the offense of the Chiefs versus that 49er defense. That, that game versus uh, the Ravens in the AFC title game, and I didn't realize it, the 6.2 yards per attempt for Patrick Mahomes was the second lowest of his playoff career. He is, the fact that he has transformed his game um, in a four or five year span. I mean, the last time the last time these teams met in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes is leading the NFL in twenty plus yard uh, uh, passes downfield. He's leading the NFL in deep passes, in, in deep targets, and in deep completions. He was the he was the mad bomber essentially. Like he was nobody stretched the field more than Patrick Mahomes. And now you got him as a quarterback who's evolved to the point where now a lot of it is not having Tyreek Hill, not having some of the weapons you had before. But now he can beat you just by taking the first downs, taking the easy completions, uh, you know, scrambling for the extra yards. His, his maturity is unbelievable. And he's only got he's got uh, zero interceptions, actually, in his, uh, his, his playoff game so far this season. So he's not throwing an interception. I don't think he's necessarily going to throw one either. I mean, this is a guy that makes really good decisions with the football. Uh, and every time you try to game plan and stop him and Kelsey, this bromance they got going on right now, um, nobody can seem to do it. Not even Mike McDonald could do it. Now, he did it later after making the adjustment. On the first two drives of the game, it was just all Kelsey and all Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be really the key to this uh, defensive strategy for the 49ers. I don't necessarily know exactly how they're going to approach it. They have linebackers they can cover. They can bring the safeties down to cover too. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, that may be the best uh, pass-catcher duo in NFL history. Now, we're talking about Basically, Steve Young and Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. That's what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey right now represent in the NFL playoffs. They represent a dynamic duo, a pass catcher duo that is that prolific. So that's the number one strategy, your number one priority as a defense. How do I neutralize that connection, Mahomes to Kelsey? And like I said, Kelsey doesn't run routes, guys. He just gets open. And there's even a uh, there's a great quote from Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's actually talking about that because he was asked about, you know, the uh, difference between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And he said, quote, Aaron was very particular with where he wants guys and how he wants things done. He said, Pat's more of a free spirit and kind of a hey. If you get to the open space, I'll find a way to get you the ball. That's and that's trust me, it's way tougher to defend. It's, it's easier to defend very precise, um, you know, uh, if you look at precise routes or very, very, you know, uh, detailed routes. Um, the truth is Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey don't have very detailed routes. They're not very precise. They're just made to find open space. And their chemistry will help them out because they see the world, they see the defense the same way. And that is the troublesome thing, I think, for the 49ers. How do you defend 
uh, a connection like Kelsey and a connection with, between Mahomes and Kelsey when they're not necessarily running routes. They're not running detailed routes to try to find weaknesses within the defense. They're just looking for open space, wherever it is. And you can use any strategy uh, as a receiver to try to find the open space. Like, there's no rules that they have to operate by. Usually there's rules you have to operate by. Like, hey, man, you don't want to flood the field with too many receivers on this side of the field. Or this route combination, it may actually interfere with another route combination. It may bring another defender into, uh, into view where you don't want a defender. They don't operate that way. They just kind of clear. They kind of clear the floor like NBA style. And they just let Travis Kelsey work. They just they just say, nah, man, we're going to open up the floor, whether that be with nine routes on the outside or whether that be why a lot of outside cuts on the outside or whether that be with, hell, they don't even run a lot of condensed and compressed sets. They want to spread you out, and they want Travis to work the middle. And that's what he does really, really well. And no matter who you put on him, Fred Warner, Andre Greenlaw, or DB, nobody can really cover that long, and you can't cover that connection and that chemistry. That's the biggest issue for the 49ers. It was the biggest issue early on for the Ravens. It's going to be the, it's the biggest issue for anybody facing the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Yep. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's Brady Gronkowski-esque at a lot of levels because Tom Brady – It's better than Grady, well, Brady Well, they're, they own the record for playoff touchdown receptions. I know, 14. but the, the receptions overall, I think, is Travis Kelsey and like Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, yeah, playoff, playoff catches. It's playoff catches. But touchdowns, it's yeah. Brady Gronk, 14. Mm. Um. And they'll pass that if he just plays another year. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, they, I mean, it will. But they, and it's it's the, the connection's unbelievable. And you're you're right on about how they they just kind of read each other's body language and uh, really is. run to a spot. That's why I think man coverage is the better way to go um, because the zones. You know, Travis Kelsey just eats them up. Uh, he just he and they're just so smart about how they attack it. And if you're playing a zone, you're just covering your zone, right? And you yep. just there are holes in that zone that he can find. And Patrick Mahomes is always looking for him, especially in clutch situations, third downs. I'd be running man on him and, and run an extra person towards him and make somebody else beat you. Because as you said, the reason they're not, it's not Mad Bomber anymore is, A, you know, they don't have Tyreek Hill, but they also teams are t- defending them differently, right? They're, yeah. they're playing the too high shell. They're not letting anything behind them. And that's why they were struggling early in the year with the six losses that they weren't executing, right? They're dropping passes, penalties, turnovers. Patrick Mahomes did have 13 or 14 interceptions this year. A lot of those came off drop passes. Picks, I was, uh, yeah, from tip passes. Yeah. So if you're, you know, the, the idea is to force them to go 10, 12 play drives. Um, and, but they were shooting themselves in the foot with their own mistakes. What they've done here in the playoff run is eliminate those. Mm-hmm. As you said, Mahomes hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, they, you know, we saw him just carve up the, the Ravens early in that game, just, just these long, time-consuming drives. But that's what the Niners will likely force them to do. Uh, and we'll see if they can execute that or just do some of those old habits revert in this game. I also think Isaiah Pacheco is a big part of this game. They need to run the football and try to exploit the edges, edges in the perimeter of that 49ers defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what uh, Detroit did really well. Yes. And that's actually one of the places where this, tech, this uh, 49er defense has struggled all season long. They have the third worst defense uh, defending the edges against the run, which is just unfathomable considering how many great defensive linemen and edge players they have. Yeah. They got Bosa on the edge. They just got Chase Young on the edge. But you talked about the. Um, the, uh, the 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 base the plays that they were taking off in the NFC title game against the Detroit Lions ah, loafing. and Chase and Chase Young yeah and come it was on, on man. it was on full display the fact that he was loafing so well think about it I mean this we we had the debate for a week about Dan Campbell not taking field goals whether it was right or wrong if if Dan Campbell simply kicks two field goals they would have scored on seven of their ten offensive possessions in the NFC championship game 
which tells you where the, the, the Niners' defense is. They didn't stop them. No. But but three times. They made adjustments <laughs> late, but for the most part, Detroit I mean, they, had their way. And that's why Detroit is still sick to their stomach. I mean, if you go into a game that that's been big and your offense scores on seven of their ten possessions, you probably should win that game. You probably should win probably that should game. Probably should win that game. Yeah. But, of course, you know, Dan, Dan Campbell didn't kick field goals and they got stopped on fourth down. Uh, kick those, man. That's, that's your opportunity. And that, that's why I think a lot of people are on the Chiefs here because the Chiefs, are arguably as good an offense or better than the, than the Lions, they should be able to uh, move the football against this Niner defense, which is not as dominant as it has been before. All right, we'll come back. That's good stuff right there in Rod's rant. We will hear from Emmett Smith. He was asked on Radio Row this week in uh, Vegas, what is up with Dak Prescott come January? We'll get you the, uh, the great Emmett Smith's answer to that. Also hear from uh, the, the, uh, the wife of Steve McMichael, who's headed into the Hall of Fame now after last night's revelation or reveal. We'll get to that too as well. It's also bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Took him up on a Friday. Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. All right, we'll address some uh, bullish or BS topics for the top of the hour, including uh, did they get it right on these awards last night, the NFL Honors. We'll have some fun with that and some other conversations on the uh, Friday before the Super Bowl, 58, some Super Bowl by the numbers. As we've said, uh, Rod, it's the sixth all-time Super Bowl appearance for the Chiefs. It's the eighth all-time Super Bowl appearance for the 49ers, but the 49ers haven't won one since 1994. Of course, the Chiefs beat the Niners just four years ago. Um, 1.1 billion is the number that uh, the, the the Vegas economy is expected to be boosted by the Super Bowl this week. 1.1 billion. Wow. And uh, average price of a ticket on the resale market right now is 10,752 bucks. If you want to go to the Super Bowl. Do you know what the average, according to this number, is no number of people who attend a Super Bowl party is? What's the average number? Probably 15. You're right on, 14. 14 yeah. uh, is yeah. the number. Uh, I like that. I don't like Super Bowl parties. I know. We're having yeah. one. Yeah, not We're my hosting. style. Not my style. Mm-mm. No, I want to watch the game. I'm all about the food. I'm all about watching the game. It should be an event, but I don't know, the party, the Super Bowl party. Oh, man. Well, I will say, because my it wife was... said, when, what time do we want to start? And I said, like, 3.30. She said, 3.30? The game's not until 5.30. I was like, well, because I want to visit and say hi to people, and then so, I want to sit and watch the game at 5.30. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say. Once 5.30 comes around, my uh, my whole, you know, entertaining hosting thing is over. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm watching sitting. the game. Yeah. That's why I've got three big televisions. I'm going to sit in my room. If you guys want to sit in here with me and visit, go in the other room. That's <laughs> say, yeah. There's no visiting in We're here. Watching We're the watching the game. We're watching the game. That's we'll, we'll strict have, rules. We'll have fed ourselves. Yep. We'll have some, some uh, you know, mm-hmm. some fun ahead of the thing, and then we're watching the game. We're watching the game. And typically, when you go to Super Bowl parties, especially if you have kids, you, you leave at halftime, right? You go home at the, after the oh, usher, is that what you do? Uh, usher performance. Because well, then you get uh, home okay. and watch the end of the, your house. And, okay. Uh, well, I, didn't, I, I don't go to Super Bowl parties, so I have no idea. I, I, like, I, I've never gone to one. People invite me like, nah, man, I don't go to Super Bowl parties. I watch the game. Sorry. I don't socialize. You're, you're an agnostic on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. You don't even go. No. I didn't, you've never been to a Super Bowl party? No. No. Right. I would never go. That's awesome. That's I would never go to a family member Super Bowl party. Like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to watch the game at the house. What are you talking about? By the way, is there still I a chance? I want to watch the game. Is there still a chance you're going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm actually going. You are going? Yeah. I'm, going, I'm leaving tonight. Are I you, told you I was going. It's breaking news. Well, I told you I was going. I told you this week I was going. No, you said there was a chance you were going. Well, I said I had an invitation. Okay. I said it was all about my dentist. It was all about the teeth. Okay. Remember? It was all about whether I, the, 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 I could get on a plane after having my four, uh, four wisdom teeth removed on Monday. 
Okay, so you are going. Yeah. All right, awesome. Are you going to come here Monday? Uh, yeah, but I might be a little late because I'm flying in. I'm flying back on Monday night, Monday like morning. Okay. Well, so let me it's know what that looks like. like. Red eye kind of thing. All right. Well, then we'll so, be here Monday morning. Rod's going to yeah. be at the game. That's awesome. Yeah. It'll be fun. Are you excited? Yeah, I've been to Super Bowl before. Like, like, that's like I've been. Oh, it's my I, fourth. I, I it's like, I, you know, it's not like a once in a lifetime thing for me. I've been before. I hate I, to sound like that, but I yeah. I've done Radio Row with like four or five Super Bowls, but I've never been to the actual game. Yeah, I've been to like three of them, so it's all right. It's great. It's good. I, honestly, I'd rather watch the game at home though, but TV because I get to watch it at the game. I can't watch it. I go get the, I get no replay. I just got to sit there with well, everybody I'm else. Excited. You're gonna be coming in here on on uh, an adrenaline yeah. on Monday morning. I, I'm still gonna have to watch the game again because I guarantee I'm gonna mm-hmm. miss a lot of stuff just going to the game. I'd rather watch a game at the house. That's how I'd rather watch football. But when I get an invitation to go to Super Bowl, I gotta go. I can't pass well, that up. The breaking then, news: Rod Babers officially will yeah. be at the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, on, on behalf of the Horn, <laughs> alive and in uh, and in Vegas. Well, that's that's good. You're gonna do a couple days in Vegas. I like that. Good yeah. job. It'll uh, be fun. All right. Let's uh, speaking of Radio Row and what goes on on Radio Row, the show that precedes ours, um, Maggie and Perloff, I think they call it, Rod. When we start, when we okay. in the five o'clock hour before we start at six, there's a show from CBS Sports Radio, and they talked this week on Radio Row to Emmett Smith. And so that's who you'll hear, uh, Andrew Perloff, asking the question of, of Emmett Smith about Dak Prescott. And safe to say Emmett Smith didn't uh, pull any punches when it comes to the current Cowboys quarterback. A lot of people pointing to Dak Prescott had such an outstanding regular season, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. What's going on with Dak? I think it's preparation. Um, I mean, some things, I, 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 I can only point to one game, and this, is, this to me sums it up for me. This sums it up for me. We're playing Detroit in Dallas, and it's a heck of a game. We actually take the lead. Detroit is driving to try to come down to score and get the lead back. We pick the ball off, and it's about three minutes left, and I think they almost are out of timeouts. If not out of timeouts, they will be. All we have to do is just milk the clock, and we get the pick, so we go one, two, three, get first down, and all we have to do is milk the clock. Instead, guess what? We throw the ball three straight times. How smart is that? That is absolutely hideous. All you have to do is just run the rock or take a knee. I don't care. But then <laughs> when you throw the ball the third time and the quarterback throw the ball out of bounds to stop the clock, it doesn't even take a sack. So that says to me either he was not prepared properly Oh, he forgot he was playing the game. He forgot he was playing the game. Wow. Emmett Smith. Man, with the heat. Bringing the heat on Dak Prescott. Okay. Was that a criticism of Dak Prescott or Mike McCarthy? It sounded both, like a coaching both. criticism to me. It's, it's both, I think. Well, it's both, but he's the quarterback. He's the quarterbacks the quarterback. are in control, and they, you know, he knows better. And, you know, the, play, the offense runs through him now. Uh, with the Tex Coast, and yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I remember watching that game. I was in New Orleans watching that game, mm-hmm. thinking the same thing. What are y'all doing? Yeah, no, what are y'all doing? Dak, <laughs> what Dak, y'all doing? Yeah, Dak can take ownership of the offense. He's the right now. He, that offense is his. This is why they changed the offense, right? Yeah. Dak Prescott sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the, I mean that's. Uh, and, and, and you know, you can hear Emmett. He was probably yelling at the TV or at, at the stadium while it was happening. Uh, fired up about the uh, the Lions game. They, they they nearly lost the game because they didn't run the clock out. Mm. And because and, and, remember, they, they had to punt back to the Lions. Lions scored, and then it was about the two-point conversion. 
that ended up being the difference in the game. Oh, man. But the Cowboys had control of that game. That was the, when they had the moment of the year, the 92-yard touchdown pass. You're right. I mean, they were in control of the game, and uh, to Emmett's point, and I, look, I do think he started with the lack of preparation, but meaning like he's not – Thinking, he's not thinking the game through. Well, remember the Niners game two two Januarys ago, and he you know, didn't he, he scrambled and they didn't have any timeouts and they yeah. the clock yeah. mismanaged the clock at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean that's those are fair criticisms. I mean that you get this is when you have to manage the game properly, and uh, that Lions game was a big one in the regular season. But obviously we know come postseason it's the same kind of thing. Uh, all right, Rod, I also wanted to play this one because Darren Woodson unfortunately didn't get into the Hall of Fame last night. Uh, didn't get voted in by the voters in Vegas, and uh, you know he was pretty pretty honest about it. Said it just wasn't my time, but he was also asked on Radio Row this week about Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's going to be the new Cowboys defensive coordinator. And, um, yeah. you know, that's official now. By, by According to a report in the Dallas Morning News today, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Jones finished the deal at while on the red carpet going to the honors last night. Nice. To get Mike Zimmer in place uh, to be the D.C. Do we have this one, Brock, too, on, uh, on uh, our man Darren Woodson, one of the best safeties I ever saw play, uh, getting after it and talking about uh, the new D.C. for Dallas? Yeah, I got it. All right, let's do this one. Season, he's pretty much sat on the sideline, and I can't tell you how many times this year he and I talked about football. Like every week, yeah. like every week he's calling about so-and-so and this and that. And he's just so engaged in the game that, you know, again, I'm biased by it. But, you know, if you want someone that's going to shock the system, he's not going to be your best friend. He's just not. I mean, he and I became friends after a long time because it was a respect factor that ended up being a friendship. But he's tough, uh, hard-nosed. Uh, some players will not want to play. Uh, uh, for him because you know he's gonna the expectations are gonna be harder than they they've uh, they've, they've expected in the last few years. Sure, but he knows the game better than anyone, and uh, he's gonna coach hard. And I think that to me, that's the shock this team needs. All right, so there you go. So yeah, he, I mean, I, I, that was my my opinion too. I, I believe he, from everything I've read, he's been trying to stay as current as possible. His plan was to be back in the NFL by 2024 which means he had probably been tweaking, adjusting his scheme uh, the entire time. And with that plan to come back to the NFL, um, he definitely was still paying attention and still engaged with the game in some regard. So did, the y'all, other guys, uh, did y'all catch that subtle shot at Dan Quinn there? Uh, from Darren. Well, yeah, we get, get, that's Brock, of course, our producer. Brock, what did, what did you catch there? Well, he said, like, oh, the expectations are going to be higher than they have been the last couple of years. It's like, ooh, that's a shot at Dan Quinn. How's that a shot at Dan Quinn? No, I think that's just the the the, the point they are. Cowboys got to win something here soon, or else this whole thing yeah. is coming apart. I don't know if it's a shot at Dan Quinn specifically. I think it's just there. It's more a shot to Cowboys. Period. Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, they're... when you're talking about bringing in a defensive coordinator, like, oh, he's going to have higher expectations than what you're used to. I don't know. That's the way I took it. But well. Well, is he saying the players? He's going to have higher expectations of the players than Dan Quinn did, is what I think Brock is hearing. I don't know if that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But, you know, because, look, this Cowboys, I mean, I'll play, I'll play another piece of sound for you that I found yesterday coming up later. But you know, Demarcus Lawrence was on Radio Row and, and was asked what happened in the Packers game, and he essentially said the Cowboys were tired. There was a long season and we were tired. Okay. And you're like, what? What? Uh, I, 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 I hope that's about? not the case. They were just tired. That and Demarcus no. Lawrence is is like the ultimate warrior on that Cowboys that's defense. That's not an adequate ex- excuse. There is no I will excuse. I will play that coming up. But, but yeah, he, that's what he said. He's like, well, like we were there's a long season. I think we were tired. Our legs, we didn't have our legs. It's like well, that's on the strength and conditioning. Actually, like what? that's on your <laughs> every coach. Every team has a strength and conditioning program and a strength and conditioning coach. That's more on that coach than that is on the 
coordinators who are coming up with the schemes and how to utilize players. That's, that's a different discussion altogether, if that, if that was the case. So, I don't know. The Cowboys got problems. Cowboys got issues. The Cowboys got issues. I'm sorry. It feels it like just, it. And, uh, yeah. But they do have a defensive coordinator now, and that would be uh, Mike Zimmer. And that's, uh, of course, was, you know, obviously his whole career, Darren Woodson. Mike Zimmer was on the staff, essentially. Yeah, because he was there from '94 to '06, and then now they're close friends off the field uh, in retirement for uh, for Darren Woodson. So there he was. We'll we'll find that Demarcus Lawrence down and play that. We'll talk some bullish or BS coming back. Bullish on Rod. Rod's going to the Super Bowl, being in Vegas. Yes, sir. That's awesome. I'm excited about this. Do you have any like uh, dinner plans? What are we doing? Oh, I can barely eat. Can, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying, it's not ideal, but I got to take the invitation because you know you just just once in a lifetime stuff you can't pass it up. All right. But it's not ideal. Yeah, I can't go to Vegas and just eat like I want to eat either. I got to be very careful about what I'm eating. All right, well, be careful. Yeah. We, and, and be careful what you're gambling. Uh, yeah. Dice you're too. rolling, yeah, cards you're playing, and yeah. things of that nature. All right, we'll come back. We'll play some bullish or BS. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. Bullish or BS. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. All right, there you go, Rod. It is uh, bullish. We play the Austin Gamblers because there's bull riding in Central Texas this weekend. In addition to the Super Bowl, the Pendleton Whiskey Velocity Tour is happening out at HEB Center at Cedar Park. They took the ice rink and uh, brought in loads of dirt, and now it's a rodeo arena wow. and a bull riding arena for two nights at HEB Center, so get out there and check that out. Uh, you know, I know our friends at the Austin Gamblers have been partnering on that deal, promoting it because um, bull riding of any kind is good for them. Austin Gamblers will be back come August uh, for their regular season. Of course, July is when the actual season starts in the team series, but the PBR Pendleton Whiskey Velocity Tour, so if you're hooked on the bull riding, get on out to Cedar Park this weekend, tonight or tomorrow night, and uh, you'll get your, your, your fill ahead of the Super Bowl nice. on Sunday. I like ride. that. Man, bull riding, huh? Get coming back. You know, they, they, it's you know, it's amazing because I had talked to our friend JJ Gotch with the Austin Gamblers, and the the TV ratings for the bull riding have been off the charts so far. I can believe it, yeah. For the team series, I mean, they're really doing well. They're adding markets now, and uh, people love it, man. High adrenaline, high octane, bull riding uh, for sure. And you get to got up close out there at Cedar Park Center or HEB Center at Cedar yeah. Park this watching weekend. Watching it in cl- up close and personal, I bet it's a it's a it's a different sensation than watching it over the TV because then you get to. You almost kind of feel the, the danger uh, that those riders are constantly in. I don't think you can feel it as, as tensely as you can when you're there. That's exactly you know, right. Those guys, that, that's maybe the most dangerous sport on the planet. I think it is. I think it's, that it's, uh, that Amazon Prime documentary helped the, the popularity oh. explode, kind of like uh, Drive to Survive, what they did for F1. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you watched uh, The Ride, it was called, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like that, yeah. uh, it was tremendous. And, uh, yeah, you get to know the, uh, the bull riders personally and where they come from, who they are. And uh, then you realize the risks they take, the injuries they suffer. I mean, it is oh, no. it's crazy. Uh, and had, having attended the event last, uh, last August at the, uh, at the Moody Center, I mean, it, you get up close to that thing, it is a violent son of a gun, man. They come out of those shoots. Heck, those 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 bulls are bucking in the in the shoot. You're like, I ain't getting on that damn thing. You kidding me? I can't. Yeah, it, it's on, the, the injuries that they deal with, and they just get right back up the next week or so, and then try to get back on the bull. I can't believe it. I mean, you're talking about broken bones and you know just uh, broken sockets and stuff like. That. I mean, stuff that I you think almost break his back. That's what that stuff you think is like really traumatic, and it's like, nah, I think he'll be back in two weeks. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, t- 
Hey, uh, Rod, bullish or BS? The uh, we don't. We, I know we're, we're both kind of bullish on the Mike Zimmer hire as far as the Cowboys go. I think it's the best they could have done as far as familiarity, understanding of Jerry Jones, and just you know how to operate the Cowboys. And as you just heard from Darren Woodson, you know he pretty much watched every play of the Cowboys last year, so he knows the personnel and um, and I would imagine how to maximize what the Cowboys have going. What about this one though? The Michigan Wolverines are set to hire Wink Martindale to be mm. their new defensive coordinator. He was with the New York Giants. He was with the Baltimore Ravens before that. He is no yeah. relation to the game show host, Wink Martindale. He's actually <laughs> That's where he got the nickname because his last name was Martindale. Uh, but Wink Martindale, that's important because the Longhorns are going to play in Ann Arbor September the 7th. What do you make? Are you bullish on the hire of Wink Martindale by the Michigan Wolverines? Uh, I mean, Wink's got a reputation that Wink likes to blitz. That's pretty much Wink's reputation. Uh, he, and he does it effectively. But, um, I mean, I, I like it because you know what you're going to get. He's one of those coverage kind of for defensive coordinators. Were, yeah, as yeah, you know what you're going to get. He just got it, loves to get after the quarterback. Now, if you cannot protect against the blitz, that's a problem against a weak Martindale defense. But if you can protect against it, uh, and you may you have some fail safes built within your offense, uh, which are hot reads, or you know you make sure you move the pocket, you know, certain things that you can do to insulate pass protection. I mean, I I like it going up against Weak Martindale. I just because I know he's just coming after us. I can throw the screen game in there really well. Uh, you can throw in a lot of the uh, the RPOs uh, that'll counter his blitzes. I mean, there are a lot of things you can do creatively. I think Sark can to effectively counter what Week Martindale wants to do best, which is blitz. Or wants to do the most, I should say. All right, so that's the Longhorns' second opponent in twenty and twenty four. They have a new defensive coordinator. What do you have, Rod Bullish or BS? Uh, we're not paying attention to the NBA, but uh, Luca Bullish or BS? Luca's got a chance to win an MVP this year. <sighs> yeah, well, he's got a 73-point game. It's really about the performance. He had 39 last night, 39-11-8-4. I mean, I think he's one of the five best players in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, they made a trade yesterday to acquire P.J. Washington from Charlotte. They're trying to bolster and make a run. Um, look, it's going to be about performance for him, right? You've got to – you got to be a real contender in the West, and and you know are they that right now with Jason Kidd? I'm not sure, but uh, I mean there's no doubt he's one of the three or four best players in the league. So uh, year by year, Brock, you're uh, you're you're big on the NBA. Are you you would you put Luca in the in the top of the of the uh, MVP race right now? Um, I don't know if I'd put him at the top, but he's definitely top two. You know, behind Jokic, especially now that Embiid's out for the year. Um, I could see him winning. Embiid's out for a, Embiid's out for a month actually. They think he'll be back in time for the playoffs. He's got the MCL. Well, he's not going to win MVP. Okay. Though. That's what Brock is saying. He's yeah. not going to win MVP. No. So I'm going to think if, if it's not if it's not going to be Joel Embiid, um, I, I think Lucas got a really good shot this year, guys. I really do. I think they're trending the right way, and you know that would also you know track and align with what we've seen lately of the guys with the from from overseas continuing to win MVPs. Uh, in the league. So, I don't know. I think this might be Lucas' year just because of the, the injury to Joel Embiid. He's, he's averaging, with 34, I think, right now. He is. 30, he's averaging 34 points per game. That is second behind Joel Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid was averaging 35. <laughs> well, and the, the the only issue I have with Dallas is they're at the eighth seed right now in the West, and so they're way down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they got, they've got to make a run here. I mean, because typically that's going to go to the to the to one of the – one of the guys on the best couple of teams in the league is sitting at the top of the league. They won three straight. Yep. I'm not saying that's a lot, but they got a long season. Yeah, but they, they, he's not going to win it if they're the eight seed at the end of the regular season. No. I mean, they've got to climb uh, for sure. I mean, but, you know, it's something certainly to keep an eye on. But you know, there's no doubt about the performance. I mean, he is so His pass that he had last night was amazing. The behind-the-back pass to the post. Did you yeah. see that? I saw the highlight. I didn't see yeah, it, it in amazing. real time. 
but yeah, they're 29 and 23, and they got to climb a little bit. Minnesota, Denver, and Oklahoma City, because Oklahoma City has Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander, who's up there with 31, 32 points a game. They're sitting in the uh, the three point. seed. He's one to keep an eye on too in the West. And uh, obviously, we know what's going on with Boston in the East. So yeah, he's got room. To, he's got uh, ground to cover, but I think he's, as we say, certainly in the top three or four. They need to make a run here in the Western Conference. Uh, all right, bullish or BS? Let's make our official picks, Rod and uh, Brock, on the Super Bowl Ooh. 58. Who are we bullish on? Who's winning this game that Rod will be in attendance at? I'll be watching it here with uh, too many people at my house. Too many people at your house. <laughs> too many. Too many. Brock, who do you like? I'm going to take the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. I um, think their defense is a lot better than the Niners. And if I have to bet on uh, one of these two quarterbacks, I'm, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. So it's that simple for me. Rod, Rod Babers, you have a pick in this game that you're, you're going to be live in attendance? I don't because I said I'll never pick against Patrick Mahomes again, and I won't. And so I'm not. You're so not going to make a pick? I'm not making a pick, no. <laughs> okay. I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes, and that's not, and it's my boy's Super Bowl, so I'm not, I'm not going to make a pick. You're going neutral? I'm going neutral. You're going I'm Switzerland done. on this I'm one? I'm just watching it, man. I'm going as a fan. I'm actually going to watch the game. Yeah. Because I can't – I won't pick against Patrick Mahomes because that's stupid, but based on some of my research, you know – Kansas City's going to have a tough time matching up with the offense. They really will because they're going to run a lot of two-back sets. Those two-back sets uh, for Kansas City, they're going to counter that by running three, four linebackers. That's not what Spags wants to do. So if Spags is not adjusting with a sub package, I wonder if his three linebackers he's going to pull on the field will get exposed by Christian McCaffrey, by Debo Samuel in the backfield. I don't know. The, the desperation that I know Shano has – um, right now to win a Super Bowl, I think makes me want to bet on him. But betting against Patrick Mahomes is not wise, so I'll decide I'm not making a pick at all. All right, I will pick for you and I. I'll pick the Chiefs. I'll pick the Chiefs here. Just, I mean, uh, it's just uh, everything you just said is right. I think it's be a great game. I think the the I line is two be. is right on the money. I mean, I'm thinking final final seconds of the game than this one, but I, I can't go again with you. I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes in this contest uh, until somebody beats him in this spot. I mean, uh, the, the Eagles had him down late last year. The Niners had him down four years ago. Um, you know, since they fixed their offensive line and now the defense is even better, uh, they're playing their best football. I'm going to take – I'm bullish on the Chiefs in this uh, to get the victory, and I hate it for Kyle Shanahan because I know this is a, a really, really good football team. All right, we'll, uh, we'll pick up the conversation on the other side. Who you got in this game, Chiefs or Niners? Um, Rod not, Rod's going agnostic on the pick. He's not going to make one. Not making the pick. Brock's on KC. I will be on KC. Although, here it is late in the week. I knew I would get here. Where the public and the bets are all on the Chiefs. Which I is know. the contrarian that I am. Exactly. takes me to the other side. That's why I don't like that either. I don't like that everybody. At first, we were saying you just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes because he's the underdog and he doesn't lose in this situation. And now everybody seems to be on the Chiefs with the Taylor Swift thing. Uh, a lot of stress on my boy Shano. This guy has had double-digit leads in the two Super Bowls that he's coached in. Double-digit leads and lost them. I think he's going to coach with desperation at his back. So I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes, though. All right. We'll, uh, we'll hear some more coming up. we got the NFL honors. We've got your thoughts on it, 447-3776. We preview the weekend. It's a football Friday, Rod. That, uh, give him a woo. It's a woo!